0: Hey guys, welcome to The Bag and Barcast, episode number 414. I'm Chris.
1: I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week.
2: Next is the list, the comic books, or something that we're looking forward to coming out July 15th, 2020. But mm. it's the day before my wedding anniversary, though.
0: Hey, 716 day. Uh, I'm glad you said comic books or something, because there's no books coming out. So I have something else. And something else we do is always our main topic, which this week is part 13 of our great Marvel movie retrospective, where we're going back through and watching all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, movies chronologically, and this time we're talking about Captain America Civil War. So Captain America 3 or Avengers 2.5?
1: We'll get into it. It's the first of the Russo Avengers trilogy. Well, technically, I mean they did
0: uh, Winter Soldier too, so they
1: they dipped their toes in before. So right, but it's their first of the Avengers trilogy movies. Avengers, yeah. truth. That's all I'm saying, and we'll talk about that more later. But first, let's get into some beers. Yes, that's. And I'll start with mine because nobody else was ready. Sorry, uh, I'm drinking the.
0: Oh, sorry, I was refreshing myself. I had to Is take there? another.
1: Another sip. Colonel Maxwell Indian Pale Ale from 42 North Brewery. Like we said two years ago, we were going to start drinking more local beers on the show. Chris, <laughs> I think you've been doing a great job. Me.
0: I was in quarantine. That's all I could really do.
1: <laughs> me. I, I've just drinking the same five, like, five beers for, like from the two same breweries always. Like, it's always 42 North, and it's usually Hamburg, right, for me? John, you do bring the uh, the uh, the Thin, Thin Man, Man and the Big Dead. Resurgence. Resurgence. Oh, yeah, you brought a Resurgence last time. So, 12 Gates. Have you brought 12 Gates? Have you, though? Yeah. Oh, recently. Do you like
0: them? Uh, yeah. when, I, when we went to 12 Gates last time I was up, I, I really enjoyed it. Like
2: Yeah. I have to say, Resurgence, their game is on. Their kegs and eggs brews have been fantastic.
0: I just... Not to, not to uh, keep talking before no. Paul is. Uh, I just feel bad because I had uh, vacation time scheduled in August because I was going to try to come up for my mom's birthday. I also had time off in October for my birthday, but with everything still going on, it's like,
2: I don't even know if I'm going to be able to... like.
1: You would have to quarantine yourself for 14 days to come to New York now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was supposed to go down to visit you for my birthday. Yeah. I was going to sign up have... for
1: a Disney run this year, but...
2: There's no Disney runs no. this
1: year.
0: No. Not much not much of everything. But you know
1: what we do have beer. Paul's beer to look forward to. This is uh got the cashmere, mosaic, citra, and Azteca hops, which are like blast from the past guys. Cashmere and uh Azteca. That's those are hops that I haven't heard of in a long time. And this is decent. It's just It's it's an okay IPA, it's a five point five percent alcohol by volume um it's got a slight haze to it uh but it does does it doesn't taste hazy it though that 's like the real, real question does not taste like a big hazy IBU.
0: paul paul the the collates, lights the lines are being flooded mm-hmm. everyone's saying does it look hazy does it taste hazy
1: it looks a little hazy it doesn't taste that hazy it's it's like i b u gate all over again <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why I don't...
1: Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: But do you like it, Paul? It's good. It's all
1: right. It's
2: all right. It's old.
1: Oh, is it? I bought it at the uh, Wegmans uh, not too long ago. McKinley? I'm like, oh, it's red. (laughs) The can's red. It's a different one. It
2: must be new. Um, Yeah, no, that's probably like from March or April. Okay.
1: Well, okay, it's old. It's...
2: Well, it's, it's... I think most it's in their it's in their fresh line where it's supposed to be ad fresh. That's all I'm saying. Right. It's not meant to hold up in a can for months. Then why can it? Okay. Because they can it and they want to sell it right away. Okay. So it, it to, was pretty it, to make it was to too, make money. So it wasn't that great
1: because then it would have sold out, right?
2: Yeah, unless it was hidden. In the back, and somebody at McKinley. Somebody
1: forgot to put it out. I got you. So, John, what are you drinking? Because you, you look complex about it.
2: No, no? Uh, I am drinking from Germany, the uh, Benedicter Hell's Lager. Um, this is from uh, Brewery Benedicter. Uh, this is a just a great crushable refreshing lager it's got a lot more character than just a normal lager um a little more malt on it um it's very close to their fest beer which was probably my favorite october fest beer last year um just an incredibly great drinking beer uh this was the last i had in my beer shop um because benedictor has left the distributor mm. uh And uh, I'm sad because I would love to drink more of this beer. It's a beer that if I ever saw it out, I would have to buy it because I just really enjoy drinking it.
1: And who's the uh, brewer again?
2: Uh, Benedictor. I've never met her. it has got this happy... It's a little happy monk on it, too. Oh, he's so happy. He's so happy. He's got a big, frothy beer on his hand, so he's got to be happy. Very
1: happy he got to be
2: happy, And, uh, Chris, you're enjoying a beer from one of my past favorite breweries. I only say that because I haven't had anything from okay. them in a long time. Uh, for um, me,
0: I do enjoy them, but they've been kind of hit or miss with some of the stuff that I've had. Um, and this was uh, the brewery that we're talking about right now. Um, also, I mean, one of my past favorites, too, just because they were on fire for a while, and then we had that autumn maple oh, yeah. debacle where I think, like, the three bottles of it we had were all kind of funky and foamy. Um,
2: no, just you, remember? And then you, didn't you send them a thing? And yeah, I, I sent them a glass. letter. And,
0: yeah, they sent me a glass, which one of my cats broke. Aww. Thank you, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she did. Um, no, but from uh, the brewery, I have With the Funk. It's a tart wheat beer brewed with spices and aged in oak foders. Fodders? Foders? Fodders. Fodders. Oh. Fodders. I don't know what a fodder is. Is it just like a number, like type of barrel or like a...
2: Yes. I was gonna make a bad dad joke. <laughs> you, you can, I mean you're allowed. I'm, I'm not going to. I did earlier. No, That's like okay. just, like a bad joke about dads. Hmm. Oh. Gotcha.
0: Well, 5.4% ABV. Uh, I'm really digging this. It's definitely a wheat beer first, but then you get that really nice tart. And then like the spices and it says it's brewed like orange and coriander on the back. Um, and then uh, yeast is bread on my Everything comes together really well in this. Like this, it's a nice, solid, drinkable beer. Um, not going to be one of my favorites from the brewery, but you know what? i Picked up a four pack of this for fifteen dollars at my beer store. I look forward to drinking the other three. I'll probably have another one of them tonight when we're uh, heading into that main topic. Because great Marvel movie retrospective episodes always take a little bit longer. So yeah,
1: I want to guess at what joke John was going to make. So ask what's a fada again? What's a fader? It's the person that has a kid with a mata. Something something like that, John. Yeah, something like that. We are
0: we are gonna make a joke about how my dad left when I was a baby and how he's dead?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Good to know. We're Moving Fred's, on.
2: We've been friends long enough, right? We <laughs> can Speaking make about
0: fathers day. dying, hey guys, we finally got the uh trailer for oh my gosh. That's that's thick. Um we finally got the trailer for Umbrella Academy season two. Uh season two starting up at the end of this month. Uh, Netflix just debuted the new trailer today for the second season,
1: and man, it looks like Umbrella Academy. I'm really looking forward to it. And that's how time works in 2020. Uh, n- end of the month is either tomorrow or yesterday. <clears throat> Could be. Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. Who knows? We might have all watched it already. Uh, I, I, I just don't care much about Umbrella Academy. What did you guys think of the trailer?
2: Uh... I enjoyed the trailer. It definitely, um, I think it's a lot different than the second volume of the trade. Yeah, because I, I, I don't really, I, can't, I can't, uh, I'm racking my brain. I can't really remember what happens in the, the second trade, um, but they differed a lot in the the first vo- the first uh, series from the, the actual source material. But it looks fun. It looks good. Like I enjoyed the first season because it was so kind of quirky and off the wall and caitlin really liked it um and yeah like i I said to her when chris sent it i was like oh we're probably going to talk about it like caitlin this the trailer is up and we sat down and watched it um but yeah no i i'm looking forward to it it's a it's a good thing we just finished the great it's a it's another thing to watch what's the
1: oh catherine the great Yeah, that
2: that was a good, that was a really good series. What's that on? Uh, Hulu. Okay, that's fine. It's, uh, it's really quirky, too. And it's funny and dramatic, and it was all around a really good time.
1: Well, apparently, we're gonna get a quirky and kind of klutzy, but also a street tough and still lesbian. Liz lives in a van. Lives in a van with with her plant. plant. Uh, Like, quirky, fun, fat woman? For some reason? That lives in a van with her plant? like.
0: Yeah, I, I saw this story right before we started recording. John, you sent the article over. Do you have it open? Because I don't remember the actress's name, because I hadn't heard of uh, her before.
2: Javica Leslie? I think okay. is how you say it?
1: That looks right. She's yeah. from uh, God. Uh, what If God Replies or God Friended Me?
2: Yeah, God Friended Me. Yeah. Which was Me's. a CBS show? Which was,
1: yeah. which was Supposedly, like, uh, you no, know, that show that I liked growing up, uh, The Daily, the show, Early Edition. Kind of like, <laughs> I'm guessing it was kind of like that. I've never seen Godfriended of me. Wait,
0: Early Edition, that's the one with the guy that got, like, the newspaper, the like, part. the day before.
2: Okay. <laughs> what was it? Fisher did, Stewart did, was in it. Did you watch TV with my grandmother? Because she used to love that,
0: too. Yeah. And then the other one, The Time Daily, like, Angel Show.
1: Touched by an Angel? Touched by an angel, yeah. Is that another one of her favorites? No, didn't like that one. Oh, that was yeah. too preachy. But uh, the early edition, and uh, oh, yeah. what was the one show that it was a guy that sliders. was really smart? Yeah, well, I like sliders as well. Monk, no, uh, and he went in <laughs> every episode. He prote- he just did a different job, even though he wasn't trained for it. He would be like an dirty eater, a dirty doctor. Yeah,
0: dirty, I was going to say dirty. <laughs> like, that's the one I can think of. Uh, Micro, the, the
1: pretender, like any escape oh. kid that escaped from the, like some sort of government agency, and he was on the run. Uh, I like that show too.
0: It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember it.
1: Yep, Let's I remember. Perry, my next guess
0: was going to be like Perry Mason.
1: Now that and mm-hmm. the Legends of Kung Fu, those were that was my childhood.
0: Also, you liked uh, oh that weird. Martial arts show. Yeah, I forget the, the name. What we uh, showdown? We that's the one about. I was
1: thinking of when I said uh, the legend of kung fu. Uh, Real kung fu <laughs> masters. That's the one.
0: Yeah, that's the one. But yeah, uh, we kind of screwed around it. But yeah, we finally got our new Batwoman cast. Um, cool. Yeah. Like they cast another bisexual actress as the role, which makes sense. I I have no thoughts on this show. I haven't watched any of it. Um, so yeah, it's. I'm just. It's, casting for a show that I um, maybe watched at some point. Although I did have like a long discussion with one of my employees at work today about Lost because she watched the whole thing while she was quarantined. And then she's like, have you ever watched Lost? And I was like, okay, let me tell you the story (laughs) about John and I watching it every week in complete silence. Um, But it made me want to watch Lost
2: again, so I don't know. The the
1: one thing with this whole... uh, She's likable, messy, and a little goofy. This is from the Enter Neheimant EU.com article. Um, I, I, the thing is, they were like building up this whole relationship between uh, Supergirl and Batwoman in this last season. Um, with the crossover. And now that we're going to get another likable, messy, and a little goofy superhero, I, I don't know how she'll play off versus uh, Supergirl.
0: But the thing about the description of her, it seems kind of like someone was just throwing darts at a board full of buzzwords, and they were like, okay, here's who she is, because there's a lot of just weirdness kind of thrown in there. But, I mean, it could work out better. Like I said, I What's? I haven't watched any of the DC Universe stuff in a while. I don't plan on getting back into it anytime soon, just because there is such a bad catalog for me to get to. So I, my thoughts are kind of null on this, because I, I don't know enough about where... Sits to leave if it. you're
1: saying it's just buzzword magnet poetry, uh, what are the odds that her plant's going to be a succulent? That's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. It's probably going to be some sort of cactus or aloe plant, right? I, I mean, if she's li-
0: like if she's living in a van, it's probably something that doesn't require too much attention. So.
2: Could be a big old fern.
1: That would be revolutionary. Uh, what was the other news, guys?
0: Uh, We got the Audible trailer for the audio graphic novel versions of the Neil Gaiman Sandman series with um, James McAvoy as Morpheus. It's just like a brief little clip. He sounds good. Um, I would buy him as as Morpheus based off of that. I still don't know if I will ever check this out because I'm not going to get an Audible subscription just to listen to the audio version of graphic novels that I
2: reread every single year. So it's, you don't have to get a subscription. No, no, you can just download the app and then you can just buy it and listen to it. Oh, uh-huh. how much are there? Uh, it, it can be two ninety nine to $30, mm-hmm. um, depending on the price of it. The good thing, of, the thing that's nice about the subscription is it's $15 a month. And then you every month you get a free book. So you can buy a thirty dollar Audible book and listen to it. Or okay. not.
0: If it's if it's a reasonable price, I'd be okay with checking out the first one maybe to talk about it for the show. Like I don't know if it's something that I would just listen to on my own. Um now that I'm back to work, by the time I get home I just I, you know, hang out, I watch I watch Netflix or Disney Plus, I play my Magic the Gathering dailies. I haven't really listened to any podcasts now because I just used to put all my podcasts on and I would just listen to them as I was sitting around my apartment. And now, like, when I'm going to work or coming home from work, I'm listening to music to get myself pumped up. So I don't... I would have to find the time, as weird as that is to say, to sit down and, like, pay attention
2: to an audiobook right now. Like when you're playing your, you know, Warcraft or you're playing, um, like, your Magic... Like, you could easily do that, because I enjoy listening to podcasts or books on audiobooks while I'm on my phone, or if I, like, I'm playing Crash Bandicoot, you know? Like, it's a mindless game that I don't have to really focus on, but I can listen to the uh, the audiobook.
1: And it's the only podcast not sponsored by Apple.
0: <laughs> podcasts are great. Or, uh, <laughs> or Blue Aprons, so, you know. Hello, Fresh.
1: Casper Mattresses. It comes in a bag or a
0: box and you just open it. Mm-hmm. It's a whole mattress in there.
1: Speaking of that, John, uh, how's then, your Casper mattress holding up?
2: Don't you have a Casper? Me?
1: Yeah, John. Didn't you get a space uh,
2: age? No, we did order a mattress online that came vacuum sealed up. And it's held up? Yeah. I think when we, like, we're planning on moving this year, uh, I think the, the thought process was just to get a new bed when we get to the for the new place. But I mean, I think Caitlin paid maybe I think, I think she paid like three hundred or four hundred dollars for a king size to get delivered that's, to the house. That's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we weren't we weren't too worried about it.
1: Well, that was a good non sponsored segment right there. That was great. <laughs> Do we have any other news?
2: I uh, yeah, I just had the news of uh, Ennio uh, Marcon, um, who is a composer who worked on uh, incredibly, like, 517 different uh, movies or TV shows. Uh, he passed away. He's best known for, uh, he's, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm being humped <laughs> Uh, but he's best known for the good, the bad, the ugly uh, performing that soundtrack the Um, everybody knows it yeah, everybody knows it Uh, one of his latest major pictures that he worked on in the US um, he did music for The Hateful Eight, they also used music that he'd previously done for other movies, Um, but yeah he died, I think he was like 94 or 96 something like that So he lived a great life and made some great music. Like, when I hear somebody
1: died at a certain age, I'm like, would I want to be that old? And usually the answer is no.
0: Was he buried in a casket that a lone gunman was, like, dragging
2: through the center of town? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it says here, yeah, that happened. Uh, But he also, I mean, he he did the music for The Untouchables. Uh, Yeah.
1: That's a great one, when Sean Connery's doing a Chicago accent, i doing his British accent. Yeah. When you bring a knife, you bring a gun. That's the Chicago way.
2: <laughs>
1: so good. I think that that's the for, Chicago way! I think that calls for a break.
0: And that's going to head us into our next segment, which is the list. So this is going to be the comic book's or other things that we're looking forward to checking out July 15th, 2020. Mm-hmm. And John, is there a comic or something else that you're uh, itching to
2: pick up? Actually, there is a comic book that I'm looking forward to picking up. And I'm looking forward to I Wolverine 2020. Uh, and this is written by Larry Hama and art by Ronald Bashish. And is he fighting the G.I. Joe? He is not. Because okay. uh, Larry Hama like the G.I. Joe guy. Yeah. Uh, in the wake of Arno Stark's crusade against AIs, no robots are safe. And fearing for Elsa D's safety, the robot Wolverine Albert goes to Mandipore to find her. And it's going to be robot Wolverine uh, fighting the Ravengers and other, uh, other people. And Albert and Elsa D were actually created by, uh, Larry Hama. So he's going back to a character that for some reason I used to enjoy that character.
0: So I don't think I ever read any books that had Albert in them, but I had a bunch of his trading cards. (laughs) Um, actually, so behind the scenes stuff, after I got out of work today, I went, to do some like just quick minor grocery shopping and then get beer for the show, uh, and I went to Target. Every time I go to Target, I'm like, oh, let me check out their like graphic tees that they have, and they had it was like a 1990s Marvel like X Men t shirt. It looks like the cover to one of them. It's like Jim Lee art it says X Men. It has like the 30th anniversary of Spider Man okay. like, yeah, yeah. block in the corner, but then because it's got Beast hanging upside down, Wolverine, Psylocke, Jubilee. Rogue, but then it's like X-Men up at the top. And then it's like with Maverick. And I was like, and that's really what made me be like, it's kind of fucking Maverick mentioned on it. At least I'm like, that's kind of cool. But the 90s were such like, they were just like throwing anything at the wall. I mean, like uh, they're, they're an X-Men. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah. I had a bunch of the like Wolverine comics in um from like the like late 80s with the with Albert and the the Reavers and or Ravagers and um and I had a, like I I always enjoyed that character and I actually went and looked and f- I had uh looked to find it cuz I remember I was like I have a book where it's Albert and one of the Power Pack kids And it's like almost a completely silent book. And he um, is protecting the power pack girl because Albert always has like a connection to like a little blonde girl. That's the LCD character. And then so when I looked it up, it actually turned out it was just it was it was Wolverine protecting one of the power pack girls. But he had just gotten out of something. So he had all these tubes and wires and stuff sticking out of him. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, I'm I'm interested in checking it out. That's what I'm. I looking don't know for. who
1: Albert is. So
2: he looks just like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But he's ex- a robot. But he's a robot. Yeah. And, and sometimes he looks more like Wolverine, camera. and other times
0: he looked more like a uh, a
1: robot. Yeah. Like, but he's not like a Deathlock.
2: No. Uh, here I'll, no. I'll, I'll I'll send you a picture of the cover, and oh, that's cool. that'll give you an idea of. Uh,
0: so actually, I never had it, but one of my friends did have the uh, Albert action figure. because so I'm seeing pictures of that now. And he's literally called Robo Wolverine and then Albert in parentheses after it.
1: I, I'm looking um, forward to a comic book as well that reminds me of the those uh, fun times uh, of the 80s and 90s X-Men kind of comics. And this is... Uh Captain are you thinking up the God Loves Man Kills Extended <laughs> Edition number one? No, this is uh, Captain Marvel number 17. And it's going to be an issue where Carol Danvers, with Wolverine, Monica Rambeau, Spider-Woman, Azmat, Jessica Co- uh, Jones, and Ms. Marvel are all coming over to hang out and uh, have a have a poker night. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering uh, if you're having where's, a poker night. Where's the night, thing going to show up? Yeah, where's the thing? Yeah. yeah. The ever loving blue eyed thing is the guy that does poker night. People, everybody knows that, but it's cool. Like Captain Marvel can have her own pro- poker night. The world's big enough. And other people are allowed to play yeah. card games. Yeah, they Happens. They can have a poker night without uh, the thing, but I was expecting in that rundown of the characters that she that he'd be there. But no, no, Wolverine, cool. Um, it's very nineties. I just like these uh, these one off issues that are just characters hanging out and having fun. And just being in the room, you know, while it's happening.
0: Man, nothing, nothing wrong with superheroes hanging out, not doing superhero stuff. Because um, that's exciting. Sorry, I'm trying to find... There's a Instagram that I follow where every day they put up a new, like, Marvel or DC trading card. Like, they do, like, a scan of the front and it's...
1: Scan of, scan of the back.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, it's just fun to follow because a lot of times I'm like, oh, I had that card or it's like, oh, I never saw that one because they weren't something that I heavily collected. It was just like you get 50 cents and you go to the comic book store and it's like, oh, let me get the Fleer 1994 Marvel set. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I pulled another Aunt May. Um, I just want to give John the name of it because I think you would just appreciate what it is, but I'm not seeing it right now. So instead, I'm going to talk about something I'm looking forward to. And there are no comic books coming out this week that I'm actually looking forward to. Um, so something that I'm going to finally sit down and read is going to be um, the book that Paul and I are yeah. going to be doing for um, uh, darn next, it. that means I have the next section it. of word books with friends, which is the Magic Gathering Ecoria uh, Sundered Bond, written by Django Wexler. Uh it's super cheap. It's a novella. It's only like 3.99 on the Apple Store. I think it's a comparable price on Amazon or like you have a Kindle. Um, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read it. I mean, it's short enough. It's not like a lot of pages. So I should be able to knock it out in like two sittings. It's just I have to actually sit down and do it. Um and that Instagram page is called comics in the 90s uh today's trading card was dr strange so yeah something fun to check out if you're a fan of like that old school collecting stuff um where you had to get those special chase cards like the see-through ones from the x-men animated series um well yeah follow it what was it called comics in the 90s all one word and 90s is like nine zero s um, but yeah, besides that, uh, is there anything else that we're going to be reading?
1: Oh, and now the Bagden Broadcast presents a dramatic reading from Green Lantern, number one, page 31, panel five.
0: We already know who it will be. Now do you understand, Jordan? Let's you and I talk. Shall we?
1: And that was a dramatic reading from Green Lantern number one, page thirty-one, panel five.
0: I don't know what the Guardians sound like, honestly. I don't know, and it's pretty good. There's whiny, insufferable. Liam Sharp, Grant Morrison, Green Lantern, which I haven't read. So I, I didn't look at it until uh, it was my time to go. I looked at it, I was like, "Fucking Grant Morrison, Green Lantern." <laughs> But yeah, sorry, I accidentally hit the lever around my chair, so it dropped, so I had to try to fix it. But yeah, guys, um, before we head into the main topic, why don't we get to our next main beer? Oh, uh-huh. yeah.
2: What are you drinking? My beer's not from Maine. It's actually uh, from just outside of uh, Rochester.
0: I meant Maine like. No, that was a good
2: good joke.
1: I appreciate that joke.
2: But I am drinking from Mortalis and Arcane Alworks. They're red, white, blue, sour, fruited sour. This is a raspberry, blueberry, uh, Madagascar vanilla sour brewed with red white and blue skittles uh, really because when you were pouring it out of your can i was like oh he just made a smoothie like he's just <laughs> uh, its raspberry preserved look at he's
0: the pouring and, you
1: and just eating it
0: so when we were talking before and i was like oh that's thick that was me watching john pour the beer out of his can and it's it just looks straight up like he just put a bunch of berries in his blender and then just poured it into a glass
1: and it tastes kate like unfortunately that. tried to make uh, some strawberry jam she went out picked strawberries came home did the whole jam sesh unfortunately like they didn't set like the pectin didn't take it just didn't set so we have a bunch of strawberry syrup and it looks exactly like <laughs> what john is drinking <routine laughs> i mean that's be good for like, like pancakes sir see that oh, yeah. film pancakes, on the inside like, of
2: my glass it's ridiculous Kate Oh, Paul, mix it into brownies. Kate on mm. Oh, that's a good call. Put it on your ice or pancakes or ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know,
1: but guys, there's a lot of it.
2: <laughs> like I mean, when do you go to make do care? everything that we just said yeah. then. like you 40 have times
1: over? Like we got a lot of options. Man, uh, how much jam is, was she trying to make? Like usually she tries to make about uh, 16, you know, jars. Like the like the belt like the yeah. ball, bell jars yeah, yeah the, the bell pub. jars the
2: regular jars so you yeah. know we got about sixteen things of that syrup so. it's it's too bad that you know you can't have like an ice cream social party and yeah you I know uh, she put I mean, one of could, our,
1: she has we but. we actually have I didn't know we had this I, it's crazy we have one of those like old fashioned like international pancake house like. Syrup whores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, syrup whores. And it's in the fridge right now full of s- strawberry syrup. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to eat that. And I'm like, just every day I'm like, oh, yeah, it's there. I should I should find an excuse to eat that. <laughs> and I'm like, don't find it. <laughs> she made uh, lemon poppy seed pancakes the other day. Delicious. Guess what I didn't have on top? It's strawberry syrup. syrup. <laughs> Forgot about
2: it. Uh.
1: <laughs> for well, breakfast for the next days, at least past two days, guess what I had for breakfast? Leftover lemon poppyseed <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> pancakes. Guess what I didn't put on top of it? Strawberry syrup.
2: <laughs> well, if you want to drop off, if you want to drop off a couple of those jars, uh, we'll make good use of them. I bet Grayson will love them. Mm-hmm.
1: John will just drink <laughs> it. Yeah, he'll just drink it and call <laughs> it beer
2: on the show. Right? He'll Be like, no, it's made with Skittles. <laughs> Uh <laughs> so it's made with skittles. It was skittles. I, and like when I like uh and he... a friend of mine a friend of mine went there and uh he said it was delicious and it is delicious. And he came back and he was like there's got you know and we were talking I was like you know skittles they don't have any flavor. They're they're scent based. So mm-hmm. I don't know what put in the skittles in there's going to mm-hmm. do cuz it didn't like they weren't using it as a sugar component.
0: That's why it's so thick. It's just right?
2: clumps up. They weren't using it as like a sugar component to jack up the uh ABV cuz it's only 5%. Um, but it tastes it I mean we've been joking about it, but it tastes like blueberry preserves. Like uh there's a nice vanilla-ness to it um which kind of gives it that nice kind of like you had that like a raspberry blueberry pie and you blended it up and are drinking it. Um it's delicious. Uh I, I kind of wish I had more of it, but um, you know, you got it. You got to share with your wife when you got a delicious uh, beer. I'm sorry, you said so it she was blunt. Like, like, so brewery I'm just so. trying to get my hair like links links again. Because you said you blend, oh it was, it seems like you it blend was more when, together. it was more when it was yeah. down, Paul. Because you got to have it down in oh. the front when he had his. Oh. My hair goes down. My hair goes up. You don't know that song? It's one of their best songs.
1: No, I know they're my pillow songs. Oh, uh, Chris, you were going to say something actually smart and intelligent.
0: <laughs> I.
2: It was taken away from me. I don't know. We stole it with our dumbness.
0: But I will talk about my beer, which um, last week I had the uh, Boulevard Brewing's jam band, their burial, which was actually really good. Um, having that chilled in my refrigerator waiting for me to get home from work. It was just, like, nice, crisp, refreshing, great berry taste. And when I went to my beer store today, they had Boulevard Brewings, Rye on Rye, uh, the Whiskey Barrel HL with maple syrup, limited release, sitting at 13.4% ABV. Um, it's been a long time since I've had a Rye on Rye. I think the last time I had it, it got me in trouble because it just drinks so easy. And this is, this is right there with it, too, because there's just, like, that great maple richness on it, and then you just get that nice, that nice rye. And I was trying to pace myself on it. I was like, "This is a sipper. I need to take my time." But it's just so drinkable, and for something that's thirteen percent, that's that's dangerous. But man, rye and rye is fantastic in any of the forms that I've had it This beer is great. Uh, four pack of it was fourteen ninety
2: nine at my beer store. Can you hold up the can you hold up the, what you're drinking out of the bottle? No, the, the bo- bottle. The bottle. Oh yeah.
0: Ooh. Is that the, is
2: that the one, John? Put your pants back
0: on, John. No. This is tile no.
1: work in a kitchen. <laughs> With some respect.
0: Um, it's this is fantastic. I think I'm assuming they didn't make a mistake when they were pricing it, but oh my gosh, like fourteen bucks for 14 the four pack of this is fantastic like especially because i paid almost the same price for the four pack of the brute stuff. i'm i'm a happy beer boy right now like these beers are going to get me through like the next week until you we record the next episode and have to make another beer run in a great way because they're both just so big so flavorful enjoyable and that's 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 what it's all about boys that's well, what it's all about I'm Paul, going, are you enjoying yours?
1: Yeah, uh, it's okay. It's uh, good. It's the Hamburg Brewing Samurai. Uh, I don't know why I'm showing you already seen it. It's an Indian pale ale I like to see it, though.
0: With, it makes uh, me feel like I'm in the room with you. With
2: with Paul, Brooklyn. put your pants back on! Oh my
1: god! <laughs> Boys. This is a uh, with sriracha hops, and I enjoy a good sriracha help uh, from Brooklyn. So, uh, this is decent. It's good. Uh, very drinkable. It's... Uh, got that srirachiness to it. Uh, what's it? It's 7% alcohol by volume, so it's a lot smoother than I thought. I was thinking this was, like, a 5, maybe a 4.5. It's nice, drinkable, has that nice little hit of that, um, like, fresh, piney sriracha hop. Little, uh, little smoothness and a little, just a good mouthfeel, too. Very, yeah, a little creamy. Just an overall enjoyable beer. I'm more happy with this purchase than I am with the 42 North. Um,
0: but do you think it's just because that 42 North is like a little old, like John said, or?
1: And maybe? But I don't know what I'd be miss. I don't know what I'm missing out of it. Like I don't know what's there that I'd be missing. I like 42 North. Halt, Two goes there. There goes a series. There, their sour series are great. Um, usually, I do enjoy their. Uh, Borderlands series when they do their fruited IPAs those are really good but if it's just a standard IPA I'm like so uh, talking about doing a special uh, beer trip I I gotta go to the grocery store this week and pick up some steak because I'm giving blood on Tuesday and I treat myself to a a, a steak dinner on the day before I go get blood so I also want to get some more beer so I got to look out for this Mortalis. I got to see if they have Ryan Rye.
2: That's all I know. Well, Mortalis, you have to get at the brew, oh, the Mortalis brewery. brewery. So, if you were listening to me, to I Ro- said I got a friend yeah, of mine went to the brewery. And got rid of it. Yeah.
1: So I got to go to
2: a store in Rochester oh. to it's, get my. Or space. you
0: just buy more of Ryan Rye.
2: Ryan Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Ryan Rye might only is, be at uh, Premier. Ah, uh, so I got to go get some.
0: Got to go to Amherst.
2: To Amherst. And then if you're doing that, you should swing by my store because <laughs> I got that scotch, uh, marshmallow, chocolate, dragon's was, milk. Oh
0: yeah, I was looking for that, but my beer store still has the raspberry hibiscus one. And I'm like, I don't want this. Yeah, it's like two years at this point now. For like a year and a half <laughs> and then did. they still have the regular masagave because i always check the founder section too just to see what they have and i always want to pick up the masagave but i'm like no i want the grapefruit one mm-hmm. but then they had the porter which is still fantastic beer uh they had the centennial ipa also great all day um and then they had unraveled which i had last week as well and then they had uh the marvelous
2: they have a new one called like marvelous i think
0: they didn't have that. They had uh, the solid
1: gold.
2: Oh yeah, which
0: I don't. I don't I need, need to
2: drink, drink yet. it.
1: But yeah. All I know is on Friday I'm going disc golfing with people from work, and I'm bringing a uh, Nimble Giant with me. Ooh! Because I did pick up another four pack.
0: I thought you were going to say that's all day for
1: us that other four pack, but that other, <laughs> but the, that that down three pack is on Nunzio time. <laughs> it's from. Uh, John Mullaney stand-up.
0: I've never watched any of them.
1: But you know what I have watched? Uh, The Marvel
0: movie retrospectives. And that's going to head us into our main topic, which, like we said at the start of the show, is going to be the 13th part of our great Marvel movie retrospective, where we're talking about Captain America Civil War from 2016, uh, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, who previously had helmed Captain America... Winter Soldier, and will later go on to do uh, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So really cementing their place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just with Winter Soldier, but now a Civil War, because at this point, they basically handled all the Avengers. And I'm just going to read the plot synopsis from Google for this, because I was trying to write down something about this, and I'm like, well, now I'm just getting too deep into it. So according to Google... Uh, Captain America Civil War Political pressure mounts to install a system Of accountability when the actions of the Avengers Lead to collateral damage The new new Status quo deeply divides Members of the team Captain America believes superheroes should remain free to defend humanity Without government interference Iron Man sharply disagrees And supports oversight As the debate escalates into an all out feud Black Widow and Hawkeye Must pick a side There's more characters than that, because basically, if you've seen any of the Marvel movies previously, they're all back, except for Thor and Hulk, which they do make a note about this in the movie. Uh, But basically, like I said, up at the front, this is pretty much Avengers 2.5 because, man, they really dig deep into everything that came before. Uh, But not only do they take from what's occurred earlier but they also build towards the future because also in this movie we get the first appearances of Chadwick bozeman as the black panther martin freeman as everett ross tom holland as spider-man marissa tomei as aunt may and i thought about not including him but then i decided i kind of needed to but also daniel brule as baron zemo because he will be back in the falcon and winter soldier Disney Plus series so he will play a bigger role
1: are you saying the living aren't done with him yet
0: the living are not done with you yet Um, we'll we'll come up to that because man I have so many thoughts about this movie guys and it's going to be hard to not gush about how I think I need to put this as my number one until we get to the end but yeah um, this movie starts off really strong and the closest thing I can hmm? with barf with well, not with Barf, but much like we had in Avengers: Age of Ultron, this is very much seeing the team operating together as a team. While they're still showing uh, Scarlet Witch the ropes, like she's still in that learning phase. But unlike with Age of Ultron, where you're just seeing the team already a team and it's just like another day on the job, things go really wrong here. And I kind of like that, because yeah, not every mission can go 100% to spec. And I'm going to come out and say it. If Scarlet Witch hadn't done what she'd done to contain that blast and like set it up, there probably would have been more casualties, because there were still a ton of people on the ground there. And it still would have hit the uh, building.
1: Yeah, it wasn't Scarlet Witch's fault. It was Cap's fault for pausing.
0: But Cap even steps up and says that. Like, no, yeah. he said Bucky and I, I flash
2: back. Uh, well, answers? yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is she uh, she could have let go in a different direction, not by that building. She could have tried to hold the force till the explosion was totally gone. Like, there's different ways. But yeah, what I do like about this movie and previous movies, too, you know, Iron Man, what was it? Iron Man, uh three you have um, Tony you know PSD from event you know from the events of the first Avenger you have this movie that you have someone who lived through Avengers 2 and is taking his revenge like everything that happens in these movies has a consequence and those consequences have added up and this is the thing that you know, breaks the camel's back where they feel like they need to have, you know, the accords for this. Uh,
0: and I don't blame Scarlet, Witch. again, I mean, things could have been worse, but I feel like she's still really just kind of wet behind the ears on things because even when she's talking to cap and he's like, all right, you know, launch me into the building, get the gas out of there. And he's just like, just like we practice. Like, he's there, like, reassuring her. It's not just like, hey, here's how to wear sunglasses and a baseball hat to, like, remain inconspicuous. Like, you need to look around behind you. Don't look at what you're trying to look at. She's still learning the lessons, and she really learns a hard lesson on this. And I think it's easier for everyone else because they you know, they've been in it for a while at this point. Like, yeah, you, you go into this, Expecting to save everybody. You could have lost more. Think of it as a win. Uh, It's just. It's probably a really hard lesson. For her to learn. Because I'm assuming this is probably. One of the first like big missions she's been
1: on. Yeah and she's the rook. That's left to be the backup for Captain America. You have the other two trained people. Sam and Natasha. Off like trying to secure the package. Yeah. Like okay well would you where, where where do you want your most you know untrained person at that point yeah. okay with the most trained person Cap okay yeah because at that point too
0: like like Falcon and Black Widow they've already done a ton of other missions previously before they even got into the Avengers so they're tried and true at that point point. Uh,
1: and you know it's like I, I understand what you're saying John like hey don't let it explode, you know, near that building,
2: but how much control does she have Oh yeah,
1: and, powers at this point?
2: You know, it's like... And again, it's hey, it's her doing that as yeah. a catalyst for the entire movie. And it's like I said, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And yeah, it's showing it sh- there's a difference between her in this and then the Scarlet Witch that you see in the Infinity, you know, Inf- Infinity War and Endgame. Like completely different character. So yeah, it's it is uh someone who's you know, worked for Hydra for a little bit and now is on a team of heroes trying to do good.
1: Oh. She was tested upon by Hydra.
2: Like <laughs>
1: well, I don't in, know how I, mean, I know she signed in up that,
2: for it. In that movie she uses her powers. Mm-hmm. She's not not working with a team, she's working with her brother. This is her working with the team, but she is in that movie using her powers. And
0: also like as part of that team though, like I think she did everything that she needs to do. Like she was, you know, putting up the shield. She got cap into the building. She like, like executed, like the, getting the gas out. Like, and then like, they kind of threw that monkey wrench in there with, uh, crossbones, like, you know, going full on, like, Hey, I'm here to distract Cap. I'm going to blow myself up, and she she had to think on the fly. Like there was probably no pre-planning on I,
1: that. I I agree. <laughs>
2: I, like, where everybody agrees,
1: <laughs> Scarlet Witch did as best as she yes. could given the circumstances. But here's the thing: <laughs> I don't think anyone's like fighting over points here. Like it's just like
0: an interesting thing to talk about because man, like even being superpowered, like that's probably like. A really tough situation to be thrown in, Uh, but the next note I have here, uh, the chase scene through Lagos is some of the best Black Widow stuff that we've had so far, and makes me really look forward to that solo movie whenever we actually wind up getting it because that's that's a Black Widow that I want to see.
1: Parkour, Black Widow, parkour,
0: Uh,
1: walking out and it's all practical. It's like basically all practical, and it's a nice fluid shot of that too it's not a bunch of jump cuts there are fluid shots throughout that
0: uh, scene Which uh, really to weird. kind of skip ahead, like they do a lot of practical effects in this and a lot of this um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the YouTube channel Corridor Crew it's a special effects team, Like they do visual effects for oh, movies they put out videos every week oh, where it's you're like, thinking oh, of
1: Mythbusters
0: it, pretty much but every week they put out a video where it's them talking about visual effects from different movies. So it's like, well, here's why this works. Here's why this movie might not. But they've also started to kind of branch out and they'll do stunt performers react where they'll bring in stunt performers that they know and have worked with on the projects. And one of the stunt performers they have is actually the stunt double for uh, Black Panther. So he like... He's come out and been like, oh, yeah, for this scene, I had to do this. I had to do this. I fell from this building. Here's where I got dropped from, like, a decelerator line. Uh, but for the practical stuff, like, yeah, a lot of everything that you're seeing is practical. And even the scene later on in the movie where Black Panther's chasing Captain America and Bucky through the streets and they're running behind the car. That's all practical. They're literally running on a rug being dragged behind a car at full speed. So it looks like they're running super fast because, yeah, they're running in relation to the speed of the car. So they're those catching cars up are, to it.
1: are moving slow, but everything... You know. Oh, no. Those
0: cars are moving at the speed that you're seeing them. They're just running up behind it on something that's being dragged. Like, there's a mat behind them. So they're still running full speed on a car that's driving full speed to look like I'm running at 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Practical. And, and then they flip cars over towards them as they're running.
1: Also, another spoiler to uh, to get ahead of yourself from getting ahead of yourself. Uh, talking about the stunt performers. A lot of the, the other Winter Soldiers that we see in the movie are the stunt performers of the people from previous Marvel movies. Like the mm. one of these. Uh, Manchurian Candidates, or whatever you want to call them, uh, Super Soldiers, is a stunt double for uh, Black Widow, and the other one is a stunt double for Chris Evans. Nice. So they get just a little bit of more screen time, but you yeah, don't to to see their faces. <laughs> like, in- I want to
0: talk about that, so we'll put a bookmark in that until we come up to that, because okay. this movie does a really good bait and switch over what the ultimate threat's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I really dig that. But moving forward, uh, John, we get to talk about your barf
2: now?
1: No, that was me bringing it up. Oh, sorry. I, for other reason, I remember the barf scene being the opening scene with uh, the September gotcha. Foundation being set up. Uh, and a weird trivia fact about this scene. Is the woman that plays Tony Stark's mother is just one year older than Robert Downey Jr. Oh, interesting. (laughs) And Uh, they've been in other movies together as well.
0: (laughs) The fun fact that I have written down about this uh, with Tony's barf system, again, the binarily augmented retroframing, we learn later on, much, much later on, in Spider Man Far From Home was actually developed by Quentin Beck. He's going to become Mysterio. Mm. So even tying into stuff that you're not gonna see until four years down the road because came out in twenty no, so three years because Spider Man Far From Home came out twenty nineteen. Um
1: still haven't been
0: Really? So Paul, I I didn't mean to spoil something for you, but yeah. um, But
1: it makes sense that, you know, when him back Yeah, the the technology that Mysterio
0: is using, he actually developed because he was working for Stark, and Tony bites it. Tony basically stole it, yeah. Uh, Also in this scene, we get Jim Rash, who you may know as the dean from Community, and this is going to keep up with something that the Russo brothers did with their previous work on Captain America Civil War. Or, I'm sorry, Captain America, Witcher Soldier. We're talking about Civil War now. Um, where they had Daniel Pudi, who played Abed on Community, appear. Uh, they like to go back to the well and bring in people and things that they have worked with previously. So they brought in Jim Rash, the dean on Community, to play another faculty member at MIT. And,
2: and you get the Bluth uh, uh, stair car in the, uh, the fight scene. And you get it. You That's get a, a a blue bald man in jean shorts in uh, what is it? Uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Jim Rath's idea of a self cooking hot dog is stupid. Having a, an explosive device put in the meat packet. The meat.
0: The meat shaft. The meat shaft. Um. Here's the thing. Not a bad idea.
1: No, it's a But if you want to heat
0: up a hot dog, you just put it in the microwave for like ten seconds, and they're like, "Oh, this thing's too dang hot put to it,
2: eat." Put it in your oven under the broiler. It's it's a reverse grill.
1: Yeah, it's fine.
2: Boil it. Like there's so. Many- oh God,
1: no! Boil it. A boiled hot dog, cut up, put in your mac and cheese.
2: <laughs> Chris,
1: perfect. Nobody's home to watch you. Ten year old
2: Louis. Louis's dogs. Louis's dogs are boiled. Yeah. Oh, are they? Okay.
0: I mean, I haven't eaten a Louis in like 12 years, probably. Oh, maybe seven.
1: Well, what's great day. is you don't even need to pour yourself a drink. You already got that hot dog water. Just pour that out. Mmm.
2: Mmm. Mm. Mmm. Okay, stop... Mm. <laughs> stop <laughs> making the chugging cock motion. Uh, Saying, like, mmm. But...
1: Turn off, just like that. Bathroom tile. Or kitchen tile, sorry. <laughs> what's, what's the next? So the barf scene. That happens.
0: The, the barf scene. Uh, but also, like, right after this, I think we get the other part that really drives this movie forward because not only we have we seen the Avengers lose a battle, but we also see kind of a more personal loss because Tony Stark is basically accosted by someone who lost their son in Sokovia once, you know, the city flew into the air and then came crashing back down. And that's really what sells it to him. John, you gotta stop it with that stuff. Uh, You you know, Skype things are are (laughs) happening as we're we're recording this. Um, But I think that's kind of more the emotional crux of the movie because that's Tony's journey up until now has just been taking account for his own actions. But now he really feels like he needs to be taking those actions for the whole team. Like, there is a cost associated with everything that they're doing. And I like that the Marvel movies do kind of approach that. Because a lot of times in, you know, those big budget CG fest superhero movies are all-out action summer blockbusters, you're seeing a lot of destruction and assumed casualties, but there's no recourse for it. And I like that we finally get that that moment. And even though it's just coming from somebody being like, no, my son was there. Like Your, your actions cost his life and I'm never going to be able to pay that price.
1: But the thing is, Tony... Isn't taking full responsibility for it. There is consequences to action. His actions, and what he always does is he builds armor around himself to protect him from those consequences. He builds the Iron Man suit so he can go out and destroy the weapons that are getting out to the terrorists. Not, not to say, hey, I was wrong. Things are happening, and I'm going We we need to do a structural change to, you know, end this. I'm just going to put on a suit of armor, go out, and destroy him. The Sokovia courts that he comes up with, guess what? It's just another suit of armor to give him one step back from that responsibility of like taking an action. Now, now it's not my fault that this is happening. It's it
0: gives him deniability. It's right. like, well, we were we were sitting there, yeah, and we were sitting I there think to do this.
1: that's Ultron, what makes it. What's Ultron? It's that suit of armor around the Earth. Like, he's constantly trying to, you know, basically distance himself from his own responsibility.
0: No, I I don't think you're wrong, and I think this is kind of giving him that out. And when it comes down to it, and the Sokovia Accords are presented to them, where there will be government oversight into everything that the Avengers have to do. They will no longer be autonomous. They will be sent in. They will be held back. I don't think you can fault either, you know, Captain America for saying, like, no, like, this is wrong. What if they tell us we can't go somewhere we need to, or we have to go somewhere we don't want to? And then, like you said, Tony wanting that, like, no, like, I I like being able to decide what I want to do, but I don't want to take the responsibility for it. You can't fault either one of them, especially after Vision gives them, like, his, like, dad sweater vest talk where it's like, no, our very existence invites challenge, and there are costs to pay for that challenge. It's so easy to say, like, no, Team Cap, Team Iron Man, but when it comes down to it, a lot of it's just like, no, like... It's a... That's a hard call to make, and I think I would probably side more Team Cap uh, you guys can go ahead and say who you, who you feel you'd be aligned with, and not just because Captain America turns out to
2: be right. Uh, yeah. No, I would be, I would be Team Cap because I would feel the same way. And I mean, he says it like, "What if I'm told to go and fight something that I don't, I don't believe in? I don't think we should be here, but the time that I do believe we need to be there, I have to, I have to sit back. Like I wouldn't want to do that if, if I had the power or the strength or the abilities of any of these people, and I can't do the thing that I think is right. Why Why do I have these powers? So I'm Team Iron Man. No,
1: no, no I'm not. Come on, I think uh, Captain America... Uh, I, I'm
0: Paul, I believe in big <laughs> government. I like being told what to do.
1: <laughs> no, uh, I think Captain America puts it the best... Uh, John, I agree with you, uh, but I also believe he's... Uh, uh, I agree with Captain America when he says, like, hey, no, we're just taking our hands off the wheel and abdicating our responsibility. It's, it's not... We gotta have our hands on the wheel. We gotta control our arm. That's Everything else is just a abdication of power. And, you know, it's just scapegoating.
2: Well, even Peter Parker, I mean, Peter Parker, what he tells Stark in his room... He's team, he's team Captain America. You know, great, risk, yeah. great, great power yeah, is great responsibility.
0: He does no. not say that. He says, when you have the ability to stop the bad things from happening, but you don't stop the bad things from happening, then that's your fault. The
2: bad
1: I
0: thing. like the approximation of it. We'll get to that. So, um, cause I, we'll leave, I because I will leave because we're like we'll three drinks this. in i <laughs> I'm actually surprisingly fine after a uh, thirteen and a half percent beer and a you half you
2: one. think um, that chris but are you all oh, right yeah are you Because yeah. there's a there's a lot of there's <laughs> a <laughs> lot of <laughs> i'm um, we um, had like um, a five percent
0: um, beer um, before it. <laughs> that's how we always are when we talk uh and i did write down a discussion question here and i know it, Whoa whoa, whoa it discussion
1: doesn't, question chris what is this this is French. coming. This is coming from word
0: books with friends, because, and I know it doesn't lean this way once we get the kind of turn, but we do see Natasha side with Tony in the initial discussion here, where she's like, "No, like maybe we do need to just have that one hand on the wheel and let someone else ultimately steer." Do you think that was part of her plan all along, being that spy, that double agent, where she was like, "Well, no, like." I would side with Cap because at this point too, they already have like a trust in a relationship there, especially after civil, uh, I keep saying civil war winter soldier, um, where she has worked alongside Tony. She, and worked, she has worked alongside Steve and she, like she knows how they both think. Do you think she's going along with Tony just because she's to be that counterpoint to know what's happening?
2: Even though she's with Steve, I, I think it's a little bit in the, like, the Iron Man camp where it's like, she's got a little red in the ledger. Maybe she likes being a force that's directed. You know, she's worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. She was set on mission. She did what she had to do because that's what was asked of her. And she can just put her blinders on and just do it. And I think maybe that's what the Accords would be for her.
1: Okay. I, I think that's the exact opposite of what she's feeling at that moment because after Winter Soldier or during Winter Soldier she even says that hey I thought I was doing good I was working for the good guys when I went to S.H.I.E.L.D. and now I realize I've been working with HYDRA the whole time she understands that like working for the Russian government bad news bears okay now I'm working for the U.S. government Up, oh, also bad news bears who do you trust? You can only trust yourself. I think that's what Natasha's thinking at this point. She's okay with the accords because you know what? Operational, uh, operational uh, jurisdiction comes into play a lot. Like, hey, I'll be sent out on a mission, and I'm told to do so, uh, get get this certain thing done. How I get that thing done is up to me. At least I still have a hand on the wheel. Like, With this is Winter going- Soldier,
0: the, that moment where she's like downloading the files mm-hmm. from the Lumerian Star, it's like,
1: well, your mission's not my mission. Yeah.
0: They just happen to coincide for that infiltrating the ship moment.
1: Like, I think she's wary of any kind of government oversight, and she, it's not that she doesn't want. I don't think she wants to use government oversight as a shield because she realized how corrupt it can be, especially after the events of Winter Soldier. But I think she understands that that, she knows how to play that system when there is government oversight. And if they come down hard on them and she's not allowed to be a part of it anymore, I don't think she can trust anybody else to do what she does. Because imagine if A Hydra operative was the one to download the data on from the Luminara star. Where would we be? Like, nobody would have known. Like, those helicarriers would have went up. But she trusts herself. She knows she she can trust herself. And if she sent out an operation, she knows there's going to be leeway on that operation. Or at least she can make her own leeway. Like, I had to do this because of that. No, there's no oversight there's no there's no uh what's his name uh the Hydra operative that was around and they drop him off the side of the building um oh. Jesper, uh Jesper, yeah sitwell sitwell Jasper sitwell he's not out there on this on that uh, op nope. Yeah, they threw him off a building <laughs> Nobody's watching him well nobody's watching her while she's doing her, what she needs to get done done like so, so I think that's what her plan is like hey I know how to operate within these systems. And if we don't operate with these systems, then we're not operating at all. And I think that's her mindset at that point.
0: It was a question that I kind of popped into my head as
1: I was rewatching this movie. And
0: even as I was writing, I was like, well, it is kind of treated as a turn when they're having that fight at the airport where she's stunning black Panther to let Bucky and
1: Steve escape. Because what's her what's her operational, uh, what did, what's her operational like level at that point? She even says it. I my my job here is to do what to help. I, I, I said I would help
0: you find him, not catch him. Yep. Like, yeah.
1: So she but, she makes that great. She makes her own. No, grave. she does. I just want to say also too. At that point,
0: a lot of the crux of this movie actually comes from the fact that in Winter Soldier. She dumped all of Shield secrets onto the Internet. And it was Baron Zemo digging through those and breaking the encryption that led him to find those Hydra agents that had the access to that Winter Soldier program to get the keywords that would help send Bucky back into his programming so he could then send him up against the Avengers to try to break them apart because of what had happened in Sokovia. I think Zemo is a fantastic villain in this film because every time you see him, he's just kind of there twisting another thread in some way. But ultimately, it just comes down to the fact that Steve and Tony have a disagreement on how things should be that breaks them apart. It's not the fact that he's trying to go get these other super soldiers. It's the fact that he's trying to find these super soldiers, take them out because he knows once the knowledge of these soldiers exists that's going to bring to the forefront the fact that Bucky killed Tony's parents. That's also going to break them apart and they're responsible for every hardship that i have had. since And
2: Zemo is a villain who might get captured in the end but his overall plan everything he did, he won in his, in his mind, he won. Yeah. Granted, he, mu-
0: uh, in in my mind, he, he won because yeah, yeah he, there was, he, he, he broke it. them apart and it takes, you know, another four movies for them to actually get everyone back together again.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think, <laughs> I don't know who I put, I was pointing at uh, Paul because it looked like Paul had something to no, say. No, no, no. I was agreeing with John. Remember this is okay. me agreeing with John. I don't. You know.
2: Paul's, Paul's picture went out, oh, okay. so I don't know what he's doing. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm making hard at you, John. The whole time, darn, I can't <laughs> see eyes. it. Uh, but no, I think Zemo is a great. It's a great villain, and he like he does a, a lot. He does so much in this, but it also seems like he doesn't do anything. Because you don't really actually see yeah. him do those things, you don't see him plant the bomb, you don't see him do this, you know. But he is methodical, and he gets his job done. Well, even three quarters
0: into the movie, it's sold to is like, no, he's trying to get these other super soldiers. Like, there's you know four or five more Bucky's out there that you don't know and you can't control, like. They can tear the world apart, but no, it's, it's all red herring. Like his, you I know, mean, MCU-ism, his end game is just to break you guys apart and he ultimately succeeds in that.
2: Well, well even at, even at the Thanks. point when he's getting in the, to the, the snow cat to go to the, the facility where the winter soldiers are. He calls and orders breakfast, knowing that that woman will come into his place and find that body, which then will also bring Tony to that facility. You know, like, he's he's continuously manipulating everything that's going on in this movie.
1: Because he's got nothing to lose. Because... He's he's looking for death by, a superhuman, by superhuman. Oh, he yeah, because
0: he's already lost everything to them at that point.
1: So like that's that for him is like no like he just it, wants one simple truth, dude, and that is that Bucky Barnes killed the. Uh, uh, what the, the, the Starks is
0: we, we we jumped pretty far ahead because we're already at, like the climax of the movie. Uh, but the next note I have written down is the death of Peggy Carter. Uh, really tries to shoehorn in Sharon to the main story after she appeared in Winter Soldier uh, with a strangely appropriate eulogy where she's just at the at the funeral being like, you need to do what you feel is right even when everyone's telling you don't do the thing because you think it's right. Uh,
1: yeah. Those lines but, are lifted from a comic book. Are they? Captain America says it's them to Spider-Man. Uh, and Amazing Spider-Man number 266, apparently. I looked up trivia on IMDB.
0: Hey, that, oh, that's... See, I tried to avoid the trivia stuff because a lot of it's just like, oh... Oh,
1: yeah, a Anthony
0: of, Russo played the body th- of, of the doctor, Broussard, who Helmut Zemo leaves in the hotel room. Like, a lot of it's just like, bullshit, that's...
1: Oh, I waited for yeah. all eight pages oh, to my bring gosh. you this one fact, uh, really. And uh, no, just no, have I, I think the original quote from the comic book is a little bit better. You plant yourself like a tree next to the river of truth, and you tell the world, "No, you do." Because I like the whole. I word of truth.
0: I like that better than what we actually got. Because I like Peggy in you know the initial Witcher Soldier run, right? or not Peggy uh, Sharon Carter. Sorry, that's who it was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it seems just, she's very, just kind of, like, put in in uh, Winter Soldier, where it's like, oh, no, she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. operative that's there keeping an eye on Steve Hornet. Okay, that's, that's fine. But when we come to Civil War here, it's like, oh, no, she's Peggy's niece. She knew about everything. She was just trying to fly under the radar, like, Peggy's life's hers. Sharon's is her own. Now they're there's sparks between them, they're kissing.
1: A lot of it, like I yeah, think is a disservice to the scene character. With, with
0: but
1: you Anthony love that scene Matthew because and you get Sebastian Shaw, like in the car. Yeah, you,
0: you love it because you get that relationship between uh oh my gosh. Uh Falcon and Bucky. Because it's like, well no, like we have a best friend in common. We're not friends, we're just kind of along for the ride. And their relationship I think is fantastic and that's really what I look forward to coming out of the Winter Soldier and Falcon Falcon Winter Soldier. I don't remember what this is. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Thank you. The whole time that you see these two characters together is fantastic. And it adds that little bit of lightness and that humor to it. Like even jumping ahead to the airport scene where they're like running through the terminal and Spider Mancer is like everybody's got a gimmick. And,
1: Ready? Oh, you could have done that sooner. Ready Those for an are, IMDb fact. Sure, they're both friends in real life.
0: Oh, they got a great relationship. I I buy that.
1: They're friends in real life, and I'm like, oh, really? Okay, <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> uh,
0: But the, the Peggy stuff. She's a character that's always been there for Steve. It, a lot of everything that they're doing with Sharon, though, just seems to be like, well, we need to use this character
2: because she's here, and we introduce her. So, what do we do next? With it? And I think if in End Game or Infinity War you see those characters together again, I think it means more. Yeah, but the fact that he, you, you don't, and he don't. goes back in time to be with Peggy. It's unnecessary, but like the things that yeah. like in watching this, I had to I had like the closed captioning on, and I was really like focusing on it because I had the volume down because for some reason for Disney Plus with this movie, dialogue is really soft, and the action scenes are.
0: I had issues with it, like cutting in and out. Like it wasn't like big sections, but it would be like the dialogue would cut out for like a second. Like See, I didn't lines. have that, but
2: I had like any kind of action or sound other than dialogue was like ex- explosive so my son's sleeping upstairs and i'm just like i got to watch this so i i picked up on a lot more stuff when uh when um jesus steve has that kiss with with peggy like he has this really like this like grin and he's really happy about it and then he looks to the car and sees those two knuckleheads staring at him and he's like Ugh, you know like shut up guys like because you're giving me like goofy looks like he said, 1940s yeah. guys." you know it it just had like kind of like a touching moment yeah. like he's liked her you you see that in winter soldier when he's like hey, you know like hey you can you can come in, you can use my washer, but, like, I finally got to kiss that girl that I wanted to kiss.
1: Yeah. Uh, How much does it cost me? Uh, Maybe a cup of coffee? Like, you know, he's flirting. He's flirting as best as he can with her.
2: And now he finally got to kiss the girl that he liked, and he has that moment where he kind of smiles about it, and he's like, you know, like, oh, this is great. And then he looks, and his his two dumb buddies are like, ooh, in the car at him, you know? I, I like, like, I... I like that scene. I think that scene is is good for Steve, it's good for those other two characters, and it, I, it's good for Sharon. I like the scene right before that,
1: which is... This, well, not right before, but during the Peggy Carter uh, funeral uh, when Natasha shows up and just says, hey, you're my friend and I don't want you to be alone right now. Like, yeah. I think... The Russos really make a point to be like, no, Black Widow and Cap, like, they're, diametrically, they're both government agents, right? Like, Captain America is the soldier. She's the spy. They're not playing the same game, but they have the same goal in mind. And they're friends. And I love that dynamic. I love that Cap. And Black Widow dynamic that they have in these movies. I don't think we get that really in the comic books at all. Um, so, in the MCU, I really like anytime they highlight it.
0: That's the kind of thing what I really like about this one because it, like Civil War as a whole, does have those moments of humanity when you're just watching superheroes kind of turn out coming to blows about things it's seeing those interactions where that's what makes this movie believable because you're just seeing who they are and how they're kind of diametrically opposed to someone but they still find that common ground there.
2: Yeah, and I think like the Black Widow and Captain America stuff that you see in these movies in the comic books at least in Brubaker's run is kind of what you had with Sharon and Steve. Except a little more more romantic, but see that's what I
0: felt was lacking from this movie. And one I was saying, uh, Sharon shoehorn in is because I buy it in the comic books, but in the movie here, it's like, well, we we have this character, we need to make her work. They they share like five minutes of screen time together between like, Civil War and Winter Soldier, a relationship, kiss kiss. Your aunt said sorry. Um, I, I don't know, uh, but someone else that lost someone in this movie because we're coming up to another one of Zemo's plots with framing Bucky for the bombing of the actual signing of the Sokovia Accords, where uh, King uh, T'Chaka of Wakanda is killed, and we get our first real look at Chadwick Boseman appearing as T'Challa who will soon become the Black Panther. And, man, every single scene that Chadwick Boseman is in, he is completely dominating it. And, yes, this is Captain America's Civil War, and you're seeing kind of that disillusion of the Avengers. But I think coming out of this, Black Panther and a character we'll talk about soon, Spider-Man, they're the real winners in this, because I've never been a Black Panther fan. I've dipped into the comic books here and there over the years, just because it's like, oh, this is the Black Panther run you need to read, because this is great. Or, hey, new Black Panther. Check it out. The He was
1: in the Fantastic Four.
0: He was. One of Paul's faves. But the character in the comics has just never really hit for me. But something about him in the movies, it just clicks so right. And I think a lot of that is just Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of him because as soon as that character starts speaking, I want to listen to him because he's saying some shit that I need to hear.
1: Uh, I think he has a great gravitas to him. I think he's a great foil because he's another very virtuous character. See, we have Captain America going up against Tony Stark. Not that you know, he doesn't have a very great moral compass, Tony Stark. Like, and I, like I already said, like, he's just doing this to provide a layer of deniability, a layer of cover for himself. Him going up against somebody like Black Panther, who's doing this, who's going after his friend, not because the government told him to, but because he's done wrong to his family. Like, that makes sense. That's, like, okay, how are you going to resolve this situation, Tony? Like, and Iron Man also says, hey, no, fuck the Barnes, has done wrong, family. not um, And I, I, I think that's an interesting fight and an interesting dynamic. And I would like more screen time between those two characters, and we don't get that other than get this man a shield uh, in Infinity War, really. And he doesn't
2: but really get a shield, either.
1: I think was- even...
0: You know, just right here, right now, with Black Panther's introduction, a lot of what we're getting from, like, these three characters now, with Black Panther, Iron Man, and Captain America,
2: they're all dealing,
0: they're all All dealing with loss. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, at this point now, T'Challa's lost his father, Tony's lost his parents, Steve's lost the future that he might have had. They're all kind of coming to the point where it's like, we've lost something. Something cost us that we need to figure out how to deal with it. And what we're getting from black Panthers, a much more kind of visceral, like, no, like you're responsible for the death of my father. I'm going to find you. I'm going to take you out. And, his arc is so well defined just in like the hour and a half of screen time that he has that you buy into it. And John, you just came back previous to like before I just said every single scene, Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman's and he definitively just commands it. And I, I buy him as a character in this and We'll talk about it more when we get to Black Panther, but I feel like he's really stripped down in that movie versus what we got here in Civil War because he came out of the gate swinging this one, and I was like, all right, here we are. And when I actually watched Black Panther, I was, you're more uh, sympathetic towards Killmonger because it's like, no, like a lot of terrible things have happened that could have been prevented if Wakanda had stepped up. I need to uh, rewatch Black Panther and I look forward to when we actually get to talk about it now, but um, your thoughts on Black Panther while Paul's Um, taking his little break.
2: uh, The one one thing I did want to say is when you said, you know, like Steve, Black Panther, uh, Iron Man, they've lost somebody or lost their family or future. Like Bucky lost his humanity. Like he's, he's figuring out through scattered memory, everything awful that he's done. And in those, in the IMDb trivia, like that, that that backpack <laughs> that he's taking with him is filled with his notebooks that he's put together, his life from from, from what when, he re, from what he remembers
0: from, from going like, okay, as I say, going to the museum like, oh. The, the Lost uh, Commando. What, what does it say here? Well, Stanley's trying to force uh, yeah, him out No, it's,
2: it's all the time in between. As the Winter Soldier, he's piecing his life together okay. of what he did and what he remembers and how his his brain is working again. So he ha- I think if they had mentioned that or if something had happened, it, it might have helped that. Um, because you have that moment, too, when Iron Man grabs him and he's like, do you even remember... You know her name or her face, and he's like, "I remember all of them." Like, he's a man who, you know, he's telling, telling Steve as well. Like, you, I'm not worth everything that you're doing. You've you've given up being a superhero for me. You've done all this stuff. I'm not worth it. Like, I'm. (laughs) Well, I think at that point too, like,
0: Steve kind of sees the same thing for Bucky, where they both lost what they could have had. They both lost that future. They both could have done something bigger, something better, but they were both kind of victims of the circumstances that they fell into.
1: They both went into the water.
0: Yeah, they, they both fell from you know the sky or from a train. They both had what they had vision for themselves taken away, and now it's not necessarily trying to recover that, but how do you re- well, recover from that? You know, fifty, sixty years down the road, and Steve at least has the ability to say, "Like, well, no, I was frozen in time." Yeah, Bucky, he was in and out of it, and the only times he was out of it, he was doing terrible, terrible
2: things. Um, and then your question about Black Panther is, I, I think he's, I think. Like you said, everything that he does in the scenes, out of costume, he's amazing. He controls that situation. He's has gravitas, and in the costume, even more so. You know, like I think he does uh, an amazing job. I think the you know uh, Chadman Bozeman is. That's not right, is it? Chadwick. Chad, Chadwick, uh, Chadwick. I think he does a phenomenal job. Playing that character, I'm
0: the only thing I I'm sad about is the fact that people keep going up to him asking him to do the Wakanda for everything, and he's just like, "Mm." okay, I don't know. But the thing is, like, again, like you were gone for this part of it, but I've never been a fan of Black Panther in the comics, but man, Black Panther MCU, like, I'm here for, like, he's. You pay attention to him when he's on screen,
1: and they now they're trying to do that in the comics, and it's just like they put him in the ultimates they put him here like I, they still don't know how to really recapture I, that
2: I think here. the only time in the comic books was um when um Jonathan Hickman his Avengers run where he had Black Panther running the Avengers team was the only time that I've been like. Okay, I like I like Black Panther. But I I can't say I've read enough Black Panther to even say, you know, I know who the character is. I've seen him in things. He wears striped underwear. You know, like that's
0: that's that, I mean that's that that's <laughs> more than I do. Len. Uh but some someone I think we know a little bit more about is Spider-Man. And literally at the exact halfway point of this movie is when we get Tony going to recruit Peter Parker to jump alongside him because he's been on his radar. He's seen the YouTube videos. He's been tracking this kid. And we get Tom Holland appearing as Spider-Man. And after multiple viewings of, you know, this movie and then uh, Spider-Man homecoming and far from home, Infinity War, Endgame. Tom Holland is the Spider-Man. Everything about this kid just... It just clicks. And I say kid because he's younger than me, even though he's probably
1: like 20-something at this point. He is the youngest person to uh, portray Spider-Man in any of the uh, films. He is Thank 19. you, IMDb. He is 19. The are um, you, IMDb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, But I like the fact that we're just thrown into the fact that like, no, something happened to this kid. He's operating as Spider-Man. He's finding a way to make it work. Much like Batman, we've had the Spider-Man origin told so many times in so many different ways and so many different mediums. I don't need to see Ben Parker die again. And I like the fact that you're just kind of thrown into it because Everyone knows Spider-Man. I could call my mom right now and be like, hey, what's Spider-Man's orgy? Orgy? Origin. And she'd be able to say, oh, a kid bit by a spider, didn't save his uncle, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows this. I don't need to see it happen again. So the fact that they're able to just jump into Peter Parker being Spider-Man and have it work, and have it work so well. I think it just shows, like, if you have the right actor, and then the right storytelling team behind it, you don't
2: need to dwell on too much of the origin or the setup and for it. Tom Holland is perfect as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. And the fact that he can, he plays that character so well, and he can play it against Tony Stark, you know, against Robert Downey Jr., like, And they mesh so well. He just, he gets the character. He does a fantastic job. And watching this, having seen Homecoming and Far From Home, I'm like, man, he is so good as this character.
0: Mm -hmm. And to think, like, because this movie happened actually back when we had the Sony breach. Of email, So there was word that came out. It's like, oh, well, Marvel's talking to Sony about trying to get the rights back for Spider-Man. But then it kind of all fizzled away and nothing happened. And when this movie was announced, this is actually when I was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And one of the guys I worked with, Elliot, he was a big comic book fan and he loved Civil War. And when the movie came out, he was like, well, they can't do a Civil War movie because... Marvel doesn't have the rights to Spider Man. You can't tell Civil War without Spider Man. And I was like, well, so much of the story is just centered on the fact that Tony and Steve are just at odds with each other. Like, you could still make it work. But for him, that, like, the big sticking was like, no, like, Spider Man's there. Spider Man, like, came out and was like, nope, I'm Spider Man. Like, I'm signing up. Here I am for the Superhero Registration Act. Sokovia course, in the movie. Um The fact that Marvel found a way to bring this character into their greater universe and everything just clicked. Marvel's got it. Like I don't I don't even know why Sony's trying at this point. Just like sell off those rights, cause they got Bro. the Venom money though. The, but the, why is that okay, finger, is that Venom money equal to the the Spider means, Man money though?
2: Means money. Uh, no, because they've made a shit ton of money from uh <laughs> from the Spider Man movies. You know?
0: But at that point, just like, okay, own the rights, but then lease them out to Marvel. Say like, hey, keep up with this because even now, like, we're still getting rumored like not rumors, but reports. I guess about the silver and black movies been shelved because it couldn't work. And you can go online and read like what that movie was going to be. And I'm, I read it. I'm like, no, that's terrible. Like, why would you try to put
2: this out? The money. The
1: screenwriters Yeah,
2: but it is. It is like Silver Sable is a character that. Nobody should remember. So why? Oh, I,
0: I, I am a comic book fan. I don't think I need to prove my cred after you know eleven years of doing this podcast. I, I know so little about Silver Sable, but everything I know about her is from that '90s like Spider-Man cartoon.
1: Uh, she shows up in the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. I think she shows up in like the Ultimate Spider-Man video game. I think she shows up even in, in the. Yeah. Ultimate Alliance video games, like either Part One or Part Two, like she's a like, so she's pushed into the mainstream for some reason. Even though she's like a mercenary with a heart of gold, like uh, she's like a
2: D level yeah. character, right? and like yeah.
0: you know the name, but like and you the don't better, care
2: about it. Be- she's not as cool The better as character me. is yeah. Black Cat, and just do a Black Cat movie, yeah. not team her up with. Silver Sable that nobody cares about, but also you can't at that
1: point do a too, Black though? Cat Movie without everybody being like it's Catwoman.
0: But I think at that point too, you can't do a Black Cat movie without it being a Spider-Man movie. Right. Like it's just I, I like Black Cat as a character, but I like Black Cat because I like Spider-Man.
1: Without, if she's not tied to Spider-Man, then it's a black, it's a uh, Catwoman movie. And people will just be like, I don't understand what this movie is. Like, I've, where's Batman? <laughs> where's Spider-Man? <laughs> like, half the fan base will be, hey, where's Batman? Half the fan base will be like, hey, where's Spider-Man? <laughs> so you got to team her up with some somebody, I think.
2: Yeah, but, I mean.
1: But, but, I wish there was more. I wish there was more to the character. And here's Lichardi. And here's the thing.
2: It doesn't but even need in to. The it doesn't cartoon. need to be a movie. That's the that's the problem.
0: Well, I think there's enough there. There's enough there, but it needs to be alongside Spider-Man. Like it, yeah. those characters work so well together. Like if you don't have Spider-Man in it, you're just telling a story about a cat burglar who likes cats, and eventually will become like the head of organized crime in new york city because the kingpin has gone oh you're tying back into marvel but you even
2: then you could you can have so, uh, not tom holland but have uh garfield as the spider-man in the, sh- in the movie because i mean
1: <laughs> i'm sorry you said garfield i thought you meant the orange cat oh he loves lasagna
2: but like at least then you have you can put it in a different universe with a spider-man
0: Nope, John, sorry. You already sold me the, the biggest Universal Crossover with Garfield. White cat,
1: cat, yeah. cat, orange cat.
2: Boom.
0: But I got, anyways, why, uh, to get back to the movie we are talking about, not the movie we want to talk about. Why are you about. stealing
2: all these diamonds? I have to buy a lot of lasagna.
0: <laughs> why are you stealing all these diamonds? I hate Mondays. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, guys. New inside joke. Why are you stealing all (laughs) these diamonds? Um, But this is finally going to bring us to really like the big moment of this movie. Because our teams have been assembled. Everyone's meeting at this airport in Berlin. Because we didn't even talk about uh, Hawkeye coming back. Bringing Wanda back into the fold. And then everyone... Well, than then also Hawkeye bringing in Ant-Man because yeah Paul Rudd's in this fucking movie guys yeah. um, and then again Paul Rudd as soon as he pops up just a light at the end of the tunnel like thanks for thinking of me I'm shaking your hand too long like mm-hmm. Paul Rudd just
1: he grabs his I arms don't... too Ugh. yeah because apparently there's whole like Chris Evans bicep porn in this movie like the whole, oh, like well, he's, he's like, he's pulling down the helicopter. helicopter. Like, he injures himself because he's pulling against the crane while holding on to the side of the building. Not and, an
0: IMDB fact. It might be an IMDB it fact. It is an
1: IMDB fact. And in fact, Chris Evans says he, like, was, like, just lifting weights the whole time right before that scene just so he could be as, like, ripped and, like, had the veins showing as possible. Uh, and what I was going to say is, himself.
0: he wanted to be shirtless in that scene, but they're like, we... We don't know how to make you sure. Let's just...
1: IMDB fact. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the costume uh, director sent him in wearing a coat. Uh, like, a large coat to film that scene, that whole scene of him chasing him down. And they had to, like, tell him to go take off the coat and come back in, like, a like a short uh, white, t- like, tank top. T-shirt. Or not tank top, but regular t- T-shirt. But a short, like, one that is, like, three sizes too small. So they had to run out and like damn three t-shirt.
0: sizes too small. And that dude's still like really big. Cause, yeah, like, <laughs> like,
1: he's huge, and they had to like go out and find a T-shirt that like just like would show off every bolting muscle. And, like so when so that's like when Paul Rudd grabs off the arms is a little bit of that kind of callback. Apparently, it's like an inside joke between everybody on 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 film.
0: But I. I do like that because literally the end credit scene that we got from Ant Man is in the middle of this movie where you have um, Falcon and uh, Steve alongside Bucky. Falcon knows a guy. Literally, they just took the scene and then transposed it into the end of Ant Man.
1: But who wouldn't I, show up if Cap asked for help? Oh, no. I'm nobody. And if Captain America
0: asks me to rebel, I'm like,
1: yeah,
0: o- okay. Uh, you IMD need some David, shirts folded? Ready, okay, I'll, I'll do that.
1: Ready for IMDb fact? Yeah. We wanted wanted Evangeline Lilly to show up as the Wasp as well. She was pregnant at the time of filming of this, though. So that's one of the reasons she doesn't show up as the Wasp. And also they wanted to hold back that or... Ant Man and the Wasp.
0: I'm okay with that because I don't really like her until Ant Man and the Wasp.
1: Uh, you know, but she's a, one of the big things. Was like she's an original Avenger. Why isn't she in an Avenger movie? Like this was going to be their way to do it, and then they also decided eh, we got enough characters now. Yeah, um, I,
0: again Avengers two point five. Like there's a lot happening in this movie. I
1: get it. <laughs> They shot all those scenes with uh, Cheswick Bowman being Black Panther, like setting him up to be like that villain B. Not quite villain but also, you know, antagonist to Captain America not knowing whether or not they would get the rights to Spider-Man. like, and Then once they finally did get the rights to Spider-Man, they're like, no, all those scenes were great. We don't want to cut them. (laughs) So they don't and they no, just like shit like Spider-Man. You can't cut them
0: cuz they're great. <laughs> He's fantastic. Yeah.
1: They they turned out so well. They're like, "No, we're just going to have this be the longest Marvel cinematic uh, universe movie thus far."
0: And that's okay. Um Man, I'm not the one. I'm getting like we've been talking for a minute, so I'm getting kind of thirsty. Right. Do you guys need you, you need a drink? Yeah, yeah. We're only halfway through this movie, by the way. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, I'm having a beer from Resurgence. I mentioned it earlier. This is part of their Kegs and Eggs from June 2020. And this is their Double Dry Hop Surge with Cashmere. Uh, This is a New England-style IPA coming at 6.5. They say to share with your friends. I've been sharing with my wife. And um, this is a fairly decent... IPA. I think the Surge on its own I like better than this, uh, being double dry hopped with cashmere. I don't know if I like cashmere hops. I don't know if they just don't do anything. They, I don't know if they do anything for me, but it's still a nice, drinkable, dank hop kind of beer, Um, but the other beers from the kegs and eggs from resurgence have been amazing. Um, this is probably my least favorite, uh, version of the beers that they have, but I do have a strawberry IPA and a blueberry IPA, um, left out of the six pack. So, uh, I'm enjoying them. It's, it's, I'm still enjoying this. It's just not as good as the other beers that they've had.
0: You can't fault a beer for not being as great as other beers. Uh, Especially
2: in a six pack of a a mixed six pack.
1: Paul. Well, you had a margarita, I think it was. Yeah, I made a margarita, and this is with uh, some El Tesoro. tequila, the Blanco, because every margarita should be made with a Blanco, a non-aged margarita. If you make it with an aged margarita, or a reposado, or anillo. I'm sorry, I am very white. I apologize.
0: Well, I was going to say, you're not on mic, so it was (laughs) hard to hear that. Uh,
1: So, yeah. No, that's good. But you should always make a margarita with a uh, Blanco, and you should make it with a premium tequila, because basically the Two flavors you should get in a margarita is your tequila and lime juice, and then the thing that brightens it up is your uh, cointreau. Three ingredients. You can throw some salt on top if you want, but it's two ounces. The premium, uh, or you, you don't need to go like crazy and spend a ton of money, but get a nice tequila that you'd be happy with just sipping off of uh, sipping on the rocks. A like an ounce of lime juice freshly squeezed. It's the only way you're gonna get that tart like brightness that you want on your lime juice. The stuff from the squeeze bottles' no good. It's flat, it doesn't live it doesn't have any life to it. and then like a half ounce of uh, your contro just to bring a little bit of sweetness on the back end. That's how you make a margarita. Any other way you're doing it wrong, and uh, yeah, no, uh, I really like. It's one of my favorite drinks. It's so refreshing. It's it's just so lively on um, tongue. It's uh, mixed drinks wise. It, it's basically for me right now. It's an old fashioned, and then a uh, margarita. <laughs> like that, that's my one two punch. Mai Tai's. So you guys know I love a good Mai Tai. Uh, they're just hard to find. Mai Tai's is my number three.
0: As someone who can now drink tequila. Uh, I've never made a margarita. I've had them out and about. I mean, I can go to Disney World in a couple of days once it reopens, uh, to the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot and get a great um, tequila
1: I would, margarita. I would trust it there.
0: Because I, I, after I kind of became able to drink <laughs> tequila, the, the, well, okay, so yeah, if no, you no, haven't no. listened yeah. before or you don't know, tequila used to make me feel sick, and I defend myself as saying, like, well, no, I was never drunk on it. It never like made me sick. It was literally like I could have a sip of something that had tequila in it. I could feel it in my stomach. I was like, oh, there was tequila in that. So I think I had some sort of like allergic reaction to it that just made me feel gross. So I stayed away from it. I recently, like within the past year, came to the point where I was like, oh no, I can drink this and doesn't matter me. Oh, I like this flavor. I can drink a margarita and actually enjoy it. All the margaritas I've had have been from either uh, the uh, margarita kiosk outside of the Epcot Pavilion in Mexico or inside of it in the pyramid where they have La Cava de, uh, La Cava de Tequila and their margaritas are fantastic, or from something like Masagave or the. Uh, cigar Chris, you're only
1: allergic to Jose <laughs> and that's a good I, thing. I don't, allergic to I don't know that because it's bad Jose Cuero is not a good tequila it's not uh, I've never owned tequila
0: though so I don't know what to look for but now I know okay like I will probably buy a Blanco just to have it because I do like Margaritas, and I'm sad that I just have like that squeeze bottle of lime juice in my fridge because buy some limes, I like to put that in my dark and stormies. Buy some limes; they're easy enough to get. I mean, they are. Just put us. I already have that. I already have that bottle uh, of lime juice. Though.
2: Roll, roll the lime on your table, hard. Cut it in half. I don't on have a counter. Save. I
1: have a counter. Or on the back yeah. of the cat, it's fine. It's all oh, oh. you got. Any hard
2: surface, you can. You want to roll it There's to help one. break it up, <laughs> cut it in half, stick a spoon up there, and just squeeze the hell out of it. Yeah,
1: Once it, one, one lime juice, one lime for your. And cream. ladies, now you know what a date's like with John. Right up there. <laughs> <take a> spoon <laughs> up there. Squeeze, it, squeeze it hard and stick it right up there.
0: Uh, I'm not drinking another beer. I had another bottle of the. Boulevard Ryan Rye with Maple, it's still fantastic. It's gonna be hard not to have should another. Have another <laughs> after we finish recording.
1: It's I should, but I should me not to have another margarita. It's great, <laughs> like
0: but yeah, guys. Hey, finally, we're at the airport scene. Which Paul, oh, good. was this fight scene too long for you?
1: It goes a little long because they lose the thread of what they're actually fighting for.
0: But you see the. At that point, I think it's like the characters interacting. Yeah. You're
1: not just seeing fight.
0: You're mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, and Hawkeye and Black Widow are fighting, and it's like, you know, Scarlet Witch comes in and like, breaks them apart. It's like, no, you, Hawkeye, you were pulling your punches. Like,
1: It's not one eyes fight on the prize. scene. It's five fight scenes during one overall scene, and that's what saves them. Okay. Um, even at the very end, when you get you know, uh, Scarlet Witch versus the Vision, and the, the Scarlet Witch makes Vision like miss. Like it's all character driven, and you need that. You, you really do need that in a fight scene. Otherwise, when you're fighting versus superheroes, nobody can die. <laughs> like everybody mm-hmm. comes into that fight scene knowing nobody can die, except then they pull the rug under us and like, oh no, there were stakes, Rhodey. Yeah, flying dead stick.
0: But even, even before we get to that part, like, because previous to this, we had Peter Parker, but now we're getting Spider-Man. This Spider-Man stuff's great. Not to keep, you know, rah-rah Spider-Man, but seeing him fight Falcon and Bucky, mm-hmm. him go toe-to-toe with those characters. And he still has his like, oh, you have a metal arm? That's so cool. Are those carbon fiber? Oh, that's... That explains the rigidity flexibility. You've, you've of never, Pop. Like,
2: you've never you been in a Spider-Man lot of fights. This. There's usually not this much talking.
1: That shield does not pro- obey the properties <laughs> of physics at all. Where are you from?
0: Queens!
1: Brooklyn. Brooklyn. That's uh, the best scene. That's the best moment interaction right there.
0: Again, Marvel just got this character back, and then in 20 minutes made a better Spider-Man movie, I think, than Sony and has,
2: and he's in 15 minutes too. Like, but I would. Don't, no, I is that like the official count? He's not. You he's not. Oh,
0: <laughs> I thought you had <laughs> IMDb numbers.
1: <laughs> if um, if it was an IMDb number, John would have won like this. That's the waving of the hand in a rainbow Oh, gotcha. You do it. Uh,
0: but yeah, like so much of this, even. After we get uh, Spider-Man and War Machine taking out a now-we-know-exists giant man, because you guys ever see that old movie, Empire <laughs> Strikes Back? Uh, even when you get Spider-Man like rolling on the ground like, no, you're done. Kid, you're done. I can f- no, I'm done. There's so much heart in this fight scene. You still get those character moments. You still might be torn like, oh, Team Steve, Team Tony. When it comes to this fight...
1: Who's torn at this point? Everybody's I, he, keep Team that Cap. Is probably, there's Chris, probably what's people. the title of the movie?
0: Captain America Civil War.
1: You're Team Cap all the way. There, there's
0: probably people out there that are... Team Iron Man. I'm just saying like even at this point like you've got like that moment where you're watching the fight you're like no here we go. Um but it's right after this right when you get um Bucky and Steve escaping and then they go to meet Zemo. This is actually where the movie slows down for me and you do get another great fight scene where you get Bucky and Steve fighting against Iron Man and like they're throwing the shield and they're passing it off and they're like trading blows.
1: That moment skipped a whole scene where we all realize how wrong Iron Man was, and everybody yeah. should have been Team Cap.
0: I'm sorry, I, I completely forgot about that scene because I was Team Cap the whole time. So it's like, oh yeah,
1: redundant. Hey, can, hey Team Iron Man people, guess what? Uh, he's going to visit the raft and see where his plans all uh, end up, and that's everybody in prison. So but, therefore.
0: Um, Ultimately, didn't even write that down. But yeah, the raft is a complete lift from the Civil War comic books, where Tony and Reed Richards design a superhero prison
1: in the middle the comic of comic books. It was the negative, uh, the yeah, was it the negative zone? Not negative. There, there was a yeah, the
0: negative.
2: There was a raft
0: prison though, that was like in the middle. Yeah, the raft. It might have been Avengers like a zone. Brian Michael Bendis, like yeah, saying that. That's
1: the uh, okay. Brian Michael Bendis Avenger saying. That's where. Yeah, the villains are like, like Electro like and heroes. like some other
2: where, purple like, man, and, and Daredevil gets sent he, there. Matt Murdock. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I skip that. Because just to wrap it up, yeah, we yeah, finally yeah. get like the meeting of the hero like heroes, Tony and Steve with Zemo. And it just turns out like this was all just personal. There was no like big ultimate like payoff. It was just, no, like you ruined my life. Yeah. I'm ruining yours. Like that's what it all comes down to.
1: Tony's so smart. Like just, he can't he like process that when Soldier was brainwashed? Like can't he, he get
0: that? He he can but he does there's even a moment where it's like, he killed my mom. Yeah. But
1: Still, still,
0: he he killed my mom. Like right. he saw the video of Bucky strangling his mom in their like Bullsmobile. Like that's you can't just say like oh he was brainwashed. Like no, like you're face to face with
2: the. And he already said like parents. when they left for that that like they left in that car. It was a like a really pivotal time for him. It it meant a lot to him because he. Didn't tell his dad that he said he loves you. You know, he was kind of arrogant to his mom. Like, so that moment in time means a lot to him. And then S- Steve, who was his friend, has been fighting him this whole time. He chose Bucky, and Bucky's the dude that killed his parents. Like, he's got a lot on his shoulders. Yeah. And it's that scene when Johnny Storm dies. And the Hulk takes the thing out there and lets the thing punch him. You know, like... He just met his mom's killer. And he needs to hit somebody. He wants to hit that guy hard.
1: No, and uh, in the first Iron Man movie at the uh, scene where right before he says, I am Iron Man, that Black Press briefing in Iron Man 1, he even says that I never got to, I never said goodbye to my father before he died, and the whole bar system is to like let him revive that moment in a way that's easier for him to emotionally digest. Um, even at that point though, like,
0: as he's demonstrating that technology, you still get a Tony that's like he's not ready to to make that stuff. He's not ready to say goodbye. And you won't get that payoff until you finally get them traveling through time in Endgame. He kind of finally oh. comes to terms with that.
1: Well, also in the bar system, it's not real. Like, it's not so, real, but... It's like he, he knows that, okay, maybe if I say it fakely, it'll feel real enough. But he also knows that it will never feel real enough. Until, yeah. until that moment. It's... it's because
0: it's real in endgame. It's is, it is real at Endgame, but he even he mentions, even though it's fake stolen technology at that point, um, you know, he's spent, you know, so many millions of dollars for that kind of like catharsis. And he can't bring himself to do it. Um,
2: well, I at can this
1: part, you're still I seeing bring it myself to do it if I knew it was all fake and for show. You know. I, I... I think that plays a little bit into it. Maybe, it, it, maybe you don't think, feel it plays it. Like,
0: I mean, it could be ego at that point, because I think the Tony that you're getting in this movie is going to be different from the Tony that we wind up seeing again later in something like Spider-Man Homecoming or Infinity War, or then ultimately, finally, in Endgame. Because ultimately, ultimately, at that point, the whole... Marvel Cinematic Universe has just been Tony's story arc, and you're just seeing a bunch of other characters until that point. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything else written down here. No, because the next thing that I have written, uh, we finally get our Stan Lee cameo at the very end of the movie. And it wasn't until the end where I was like, oh, where was Stan Lee in this? And then you get him as the FedEx delivery man bringing the package to Mr. Tony Stang. But again, like this is after you already get Rhodey falling from the sky. Rhodey's kind of the closest thing that you get to a casualty in this movie. Because he winds up being paralyzed during this fight. And I think those stakes aren't necessarily like, played upon as much. Because, oh, he falls... He's injured. Tony has, you know, a pair of bionic legs for him. He will be fine. And even the next time we see him in Infinity War, right? no, he Rhodey's Rhodey. He's done so many missions. He's he's so many missions he gets it. It was always a risk. Yeah, Life's yeah. life.
1: Yeah. Next, we see we see him have that consequence of like having to reteach himself how to walk with yes. it. So,
0: but it's. 20 seconds of him struggling between like parallel bars and then making fun of Tony for being called Tony Sting from like the crazy old guy of bringing him a package. Well, like, I have it's... to
1: say that the package, the the actual envelope that was written, was not written by Captain America because he's an artist. There's no way he would have made his R be confused with an X. He's he, not. He's, he's not an riley- old man delivering the package. He can't read. He's not Riley. From uh, the greatest movie ever made, uh, National Treasure.
0: Truth. Uh, but that's going to be the end of Captain America Civil War. Uh, there's the promise there about, like, hey, we might be in disagreement about things, but if you need me, I'll be there. You just call. And we wind up getting that call. It might not come from Iron Man. It might be Bruce Banner that places it in Infinity War, but it's there. Uh, We get a mid credit sequence with Bucky and Steve in Wakanda. Again, as soon as you see Chadwick Bozeman, T'Challa, just owning that scene. Oh, if they find out he's here, they're going to come for him. Mm -hmm. Let them come. Bam! So good. Uh, and then we get a post-credit scene where you get Peter Parker playing with his new Spider-Man costume and he actually has the Spider Signal on like a wrist top like web launcher thing. Which is fun. And then you get like the title card after Spider-Man will return because oh yeah. These characters are always gonna come back as Marvel <sighs> at it.
2: But guys yeah. and like the Spider-Man um, signal, it's more like a like an app, you know, it's got things spinning around it. Like it's more of an app, but it does, it is that spider signal that we've gotten in the past, but it's, it's more than that. And, um, I do enjoy like the, when they pan out the window and you just see the big black Panther, like they had no idea what Wakanda visually was going to look like. You don't see it. You just see out the window and a big Panther in the stone.
1: It, it, it was filmed in Argentina.
2: IMDb fact. <laughs> uh,
0: but, and that's one of the things that when we get to Black Panther that kind of bugs me. Because in Black Panther, what soul is like, well, no, it's a nation of like tradesmen, like fishermen and hunters, like the third world country. But they have a presence on the UN where it's like, no, we've been in the shadows long enough you get that moment at the end of Black Panther and it's stronger, but in Civil War, it's like, no, it seems like they're already an established nation at that point. And that's kind of like the Civil War, Black Panther disparity that bugs me because I think they're very two very different movies. Um, and that's to the disservice of Black Panther. But we'll get there, guys. Rankings, and I just want to say because I looked it up, Captain America: Civil War is the eighth highest-grossing Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Um, number eight, it's behind Iron Man three, Captain Marvel, Age of Ultron, Avengers, Infinity War, Black Panther, and ultimately Endgame being number one. Uh, that's just for money, though. I just want to know where you guys think it places on your top lists of favorite. MCU movies.
1: Uh it's my number 3. It's going to be Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, then Captain America: Civil War, original Iron Man, the original Guardians, the original Cap, then the first event, the Avengers movie, Ant-Man, Iron Man 3, Thor: The Dark uh Thor, Iron Man 2. Thor the Dark World, and then The Incredible Hulk being
2: the uh, I also put it as my number three. So I have Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War, Avengers, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Ultron, Iron Man 3, then Captain America. But I think... I actually think Captain America was over Iron Man 3. Um, I know we had like a little technical glitch where things got jumbled around um, during the last one. But... Uh,
0: I, I don't think so. I think you put Iron Man 3, because I was surprised when you guys put Iron Man 3 as uh, high as you guys did.
2: Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredi- Incredible Hulk, and then Dark World.
0: Uh, Paul, since I think you're editing, uh, yeah, this yeah. is my number one. I mean, All right. this is my number one, so Civil War, but then I have Winter Soldier right after it, and then I have Age of Ultron. Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Iron Man 2, then Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, and then finally Incredible Hulk.
2: I thought about putting this, like, I thought I was going to put this as number one, and then I looked at my list and I was like, you know, I think I would rather watch Winter Soldier over this. And then I... uh, See, for me, this movie leads anymore.
1: Oh, go ahead, Chris.
0: I'm sorry. No, for me, this movie is like a lead-up from Winter Soldier. Like, again, this is, you know, you have Captain America 2. Now we have Captain America 3. And this movie, I really think, does function as both Captain America 3 and then Avengers 2.5 leading up to Infinity War. I, And that, that's why I put this movie above, you know, both the last Captain America movie and then the last Avengers movie because... It draws so much from both of those threads, and is still able to function as a movie on its own. It it works as a sequel to both of them, and it pushes so much forward too. Like that's it's great. Like because it has everything that I like from Winter Soldier, but more.
1: Are we decoupling Infinity War and Endgame? Oh yeah, they're they're two different movies. No, but who watches one without watching the next one, like, right after? Like, it's the same experience.
0: Uh, Well, we do, because that's how we have to do it for the great Marvel movie Uh, retrospective. Because after we talk about Infinity War, we have to talk about Ant-Man the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then we get to Endgame.
1: Never go to the theater and watch Captain Marvel and then go right into uh, Endgame. It's too weird of a position of uh, motion at that point. Because you have a fun, bright Captain Marvel. Everything's great. And then you go into Endgame. It's like, no, the world's awful. It's 2020. Well, Paul,
0: that's on you as a movie watcher. And it's on you as a listener. To make sure you rate and review us over on your podcast streaming app of choice reach out to us over on the facebook or the instagram or the twitter we're on all those things we might not respond to them but hey we're there make your thoughts known Email us contact or no begnerbroadcast at com. we have a different email forget that don't check it sorry uh but yeah we do what we do because we love it
1: hopefully you love it too and the russian bots really love it oh yeah
0: they send me so many sexy <laughs> emails